Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. This is Luis Sanchez. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Scott Callantine. Welcome to the episode. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. So glad that you could join us today for another episode of this, what I think, awesome podcast. By the way, if you've been listening to episodes recently and felt like, hey, maybe their audio's changed or their microphones are a little different, even right now, well, we're just going to say shout out to Dave Reynolds and Faith Community Faith Community Church in SoCal, which they had an episode earlier in season two. They wanted to support us by helping us get some new podcast gear. So most of our la- latest episodes have been on these new mics. A few for different reasons haven't. But uh, So just thank you, Dave and Faith Community. And as we move yeah. forward with this new equipment, we are super excited. Yeah. And as we say that, I want to start with a story today. Maybe you guys are familiar with this. Um, maybe not. But back in the day, we're, this was a little while ago, okay? There was a, a group of people that were traveling west uh, here in the United States. Going west was like the goal, the desired thing. That was expansion and, and moving west. And a, a group of people uh, with their, their cattle, their caravans, they were coming out to the Oregon, Washington Territory, traveling on the Oregon Trail. And this group of people, every week, would stop. And they would take a Sabbath day. They would rest. They would reconnect with the Lord. And there was a group within this group that said, hey, we can get there faster if we don't take the Sabbath rest. If we go seven days a week rather than six, we can reach our destination sooner. We'll be more successful. Lo and behold, this group set out. They said, we're going to go do this. And the original group was like, all right, best of luck. (laughs) Go for it. But we're going to stick to our values. And the group that Sabbathed every week, that stopped, that trusted God to provide in six days what man thought they could provide in seven, well, that group arrived at their destination first. They beat the second group there. Now, I don't tell you this story as like some metaphor to, to running a race or something but rather in a desire to slow down. See, in our culture, in our world, there's a desire, I think, to go fast, mm-hmm. get results fast, mm-hmm. to be the first one to do something, yeah. cross the finish line first, you're the more successful person. And rather, what we, what we feel is slow is the new fast. It's better to go slow in the right direction than go fast in the wrong one. As you were as you were talking about that, Scott, I remember being in school, right? And 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 everybody has been to school where like the teacher's given a quiz, and then there's this one kid who's just like writing all the questions, all like the Lightning wrong fast. answers. Yep. Like he's like, and he doesn't get that the quiz is not about whoever finishes fast; it's about whoever has the most right answers yeah, on yeah. the paper. And then he like runs to the teacher. He's like, "I'm done," and like. This test should take you all period long, done in seven minutes. Right. Like, what are you doing? Like, all right. You're either Elon Musk or you're not passing. Didn't understand the assignment, right? You didn't understand the assignment. So today what we want to do is like talk to you guys about living a slowed down life and how that matters specifically in the context of disciple making and specifically in the context of, of like simple churches, micro churches, that kind of thing. 
like like Scott said, it's it's better to go slow in the right direction than to go fast in the wrong one, right? And and here's a you know a couple. I'm gonna say a couple of things and then ask a couple of questions, right? And feel free to interject. Like, but I wonder why is it that we rush, right? Like mm. sometimes we're rushing like like that kid or rushing like that group of people to the Oregon Trail or you know like. Why why do we want to be the first? And like there's something about like crossing the finish line first. Like But what we're doing this is this isn't a sprint, it's a marathon, right? Yeah. This isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. And so it's like we're we're in it for the long run. What what if if you know anything about cooking, you know that like, hey, high and fast, like yields some good results. But sometimes the best food, right? I just came back from Austin, Texas is on a grill or a smoker for a really long time. Oh, absolutely. 12 hours plus to get a really nice brisket, right? Mm. Or when you think about in our area, there's a, you know, a lot of Asian folks. Um, pho, the best pho or the best like Vietnamese bone broth mm. soup, 12 plus hours, right? Uh, that That it's been brewing. And so... I'd rather do that than to kind of like throw things together real yeah, quick and absolutely. say like, and you can taste the difference. There's depth when something has developed slowly and when it's just been thrown all together. So mm. ask yourself the question like, why am I rushing, right? And, and, and why do I think I need to be the first to answer all the, all the questions in the test? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so in, in, in the context of disciple making, we learn. Yeah, as you're talking about food, just imagine you could have a little Caesar's pizza, hot and ready, or you can go get the nice local food. Yeah, you can get if, uh, up here in Everett. You can get some Brooklyn Bros. Yeah, you get some other pizza that is local. It's gonna take more time to be done, but it's gonna taste 15 times better. Yeah, why would you? Why would you want the fast, the fast thing when you could have the slower and better thing? Sorry, I love pizza. No, I love it's all food. Good. It's all good. I mean, Scott, you were saying like, there's a pull to go fast, right? Yeah. Um, and and then for us to ask ask that question, so what does that look like to go fast, right? And and in many contexts, you know, we were thinking about this and 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 talking about this, um, going from from like, let's raise you know a team and then launch large and then like, you know immediately rush to having like services and filling our calendar with tons of stuff. Like mm. that's a temptation, right? And there's this pull to like, yeah. you know, in the traditional model and then we, we even started this way. It's like context, like, Hey, we want to do this thing and grow big, grow big, grow fast, grow fast and do this thing fast. But on the opposite end of that, what what's on that? Yeah. Right. Like on the opposite end of that is maybe the approach that we've taken now imperfectly. Right. Thinking, sure. thinking like, man, Disciple making is going to take some time. Yeah. Like, we really need to slow down. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, the Lord's kind of forced us to slow down yeah. during the pandemic, right? And, and many of us have, like, tried to keep going at the pace that we were going before and are pretty frustrated. The pace that we lived life before COVID, whenever you're listening to this, the pace we lived before COVID is not the pace that we can have after. Not sustainable. No. Not sustainable. And so now I feel like there's even an invitation from the Spirit to join the Lord at the Spirit's pace. And what I've found, and I could be wrong here, is that a lot of times that the Spirit's pace is a lot slower yeah. 
than I want it to be or than I'm used to it being. And then sometimes I even begin to wonder, like, like, are we missing something? Yeah. But yet Jesus, right, lives in obscurity for 30 years of his life. Yeah. His ministry was a slow burn, right? And yes, he was young when he passed away. And for three and a half years, he gave it all he had. But there was this buildup. Even if you look at the Gospels, whichever one you want to read, they make it seem like everything seems like back to back to back. Like Mark especially is like immediately this and immediately that and then immediately this. But in the grand scheme of things, there was three and a half years, right? They did not fit three and a half years of of life onto 40 pages. Mm. Like that's just, that didn't happen. Like there's so much that we didn't see. We, we, I mean, we kind of got the highlight reel of a lot of things that Jesus did. We didn't, yeah. you know, they didn't sell, sell the, uh, the, the stories of every time he walked, you know, to go to the bathroom or walked over to, to the market. We didn't get all of the mundane details of, of, of every single thing. But Jesus absolutely went slow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we see Jesus waking up early in the morning and we see Jesus leaving when he's like, most people like, He's like, a lot of people want Jesus to do ministry in there. And he's like, heal the sick, do this, do this, do this. And like a bunch of people gather and Jesus is like, peace. You know, like yeah. I'm, you want to accelerate my king. Even in other cases where, you know, Jesus is casting out demons or Jesus is healing the sick. And then he's like, tell nobody about this. Yeah. Because he did not want to accelerate his timeline. Mm-hmm. Right. And people did not need to know yet who he was, and that he was the Messiah. And so here are a couple of things to consider uh, when leaning into the invitation of the Spirit, specifically in the season and as we were making disciples in uh, the micro uh, form or in the simple church form. Um, these are a couple of things to consider. You know, it's better to go slow in the right direction than to go fast in the wrong one. And so a good question again to ask yourself is like, why am I rushing? The other thing is, and, and you kind of introduced this idea earlier, Scott, is like, I feel like the spirit in this season is, intru- is, is, is asking us and inviting us to just slow down, right? Slow down to be with God. And, and I think in this season, more than any season in my life, that's been really hard mm. for whatever reason. I can't figure it out yet. Actually, I'm going to go see a spiritual director and I'm going to be doing like a personal spiritual retreat in a couple of cu- couple of weeks because I want to explore that question like why do I find it so hard to slow down to be with Jesus yeah in this season and I think that that's an invitation from the spirit for all of us like hey slow down to be with God because I don't want to just have some ideas yeah right and it it's not a like it's not a slow down to just pop on Netflix you know yeah. it's a slow down to be with Jesus. Yeah. It's a slow down to, you know what? I'm not going to go do that thing tonight. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be with the Lord or I'm going to slow my pace down. Yeah. You know, um, one, of, like one of the things that I think, and we've had an episode on, on this. Um, so go check that out in season one, but it's the Sabbath where we see it in Jesus's ministry that he's Lord of the Sabbath. Right that he often 
takes a Sabbath. We see instances of that in the Gospels, and then we see it lived out, you know. But the Sabbath, in one way, is saying, all right, Lord, you can provide in six days Mm. what I think I can provide in seven. It's taking the ownership of provision, whether that's financial or otherwise, and trusting the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that we see that in the Old Testament, and then we even see the year of Jubilee, which every 49 years, they take a year off of harvest, off of, uh, and they give the land a break, really. Forgiving um, the debts. Yep. Too. And those who, who were maybe sold into to slavery, which is generally just to pay off uh, a debt. Mm-hmm. It's not like a lifelong thing most of the time. And they were then returned to their former standing, right? Um, all about redemption. We can go into that some other time maybe. But this idea of the Sabbath, that it's restful, it brings us back to God. That is maybe the epitome of slowing my life down, mm-hmm. right? And I'd say, unfortunately, uh, the Sabbath has lost now, I think maybe we're in a like a rejuvenating season in a lot of people that maybe I know um, of valuing the Sabbath. Like a revival. Yeah, like Sabbath. a revival of the Sabbath. But generally speaking, uh, before maybe COVID and maybe a little bit before that, uh, the Sabbath wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal, I think, for a lot of believers, which is tough uh, because I don't, one, I don't think you can make like a theological case that the Sabbath is gone sure. or not important anymore. Sure. Um, but then also, it looks different in di- different seasons. Like when you're single versus an empty nester versus you're raising two toddlers. Like, yeah, it's going to look different. But Sabbath thing is the epitome of I'm slowing my life down. Like I'm going to live at the pace that the Lord has set for me, right. not at the pace that the world says I need to live That's at. That's right. Right? We're not just going to book out every single night with social commitments or church commitments as good as they might be or we're not you know rather slowing our pace down like for me i want to spend at least three evenings a week home not with other people like i want to i one i'm an introvert and i kind of need some me time but i also know that if i commit to five or six or even seven which is insane Mm. days with other people I am not slowing my pace down. I am not living at the pace that Jesus has set for me. That's one of the things for me that I, to, to live a slowed down life, I got to say no sometimes, you know, and I plan those things out. I'm going to, I want to hang out with people. Okay. Here's the evenings that I have available generally each week. And I plan that stuff out. Yeah. I mean, that, that begs that question, right? Like what is a sustainable long-term pace for my life? Right. When you think about the Sabbath is like, am I leading a life that is sustainable for the long run? Right. Because I I don't want to burn fast. I want to burn slow. You don't want to burn out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, my greatest heroes in the faith, my my heroes in general have always been people that are um, people that I can touch, you know, people that are in my real life, like. I've never looked at TV and been like, oh, you know, Joe Montana is my hero or Michael Jordan is my hero or, you know, Wayne Gretzky is my hero, like, like, or, you know, whatever, like, because I'm like, those, I can't be like that, man, like way different than me. But my heroes have always been like my dad or uh-huh. like, 
you know, some missionaries or some pastors that are like two circles removed. Like I just got one circle to make up and I think like I just meet one person, you know, and I can be like this guy because he was like me one day. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when I think about like my heroes in the faith, I think about uh, people like, you know, I'll change the name. I'll call him Bill. Right. Who have been in the ministry since they were in their early 20s are in their 80s now and are still loving people and going hard for Jesus. Why? Not because of obligation, but because they've lived their life at a pace that is sustainable, right? That doesn't mean that they haven't had hardships. That doesn't mean, like, I'm thinking about this one particular guy. His, like, son, like, died. (laughs) Like, his son was, like, mid-30s, like me, right? Like, was was a coach at the collegiate level uh, for top, you know, 10 football team. And, like, they went through some really hard things. and they're still serving the Lord. They're still mm-hmm. loving the Lord. And so a- ask the question, like, am I living a life at a, at a sustainable pace where I can burn for a long time? Like people yeah. that are still serving Jesus in their 60s, 70s, 80s, like those are the people that I look up to, you know, still loving the Lord well, even then. Yeah, I think that idea of a sustainable pace is... It's challenging, but also I think something that we each need to ask ourselves. And I would say, like, th- at the time of this recording, we're in January still. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be maybe early February. Um, that year is still new, yeah. right? Make a change, right? Yeah. Allow 2022 to be an adjustment year for a sustainable pace yeah. in following Jesus yeah. and making disciples. Perfect. Yeah. No, I think that that's, I think that that's so good, right? Um, and I think when we think about micro churches or simple churches, you know, like, are the rhythms that you have with your community that you gather with, are they sustainable? Mm. I mean, in part for us, we have two equipping gatherings a month. You know, um, I think we'll never go more than three, probably. More than three probably isn't sustainable. It's not sustainable, right? Because the object is not a Sunday morning gathering. The object is to train people so that they can live faithfully on mission the other six days of the week. Yeah. Right. And so um would rather meet less so that people have more margin to be able to connect yeah. more. Right. <laughs> it would be the slogan, meet less, connect more. Right. Yeah. Like with, with people in your trademark that. Right. And, and another thing I think that allowing uh living slow or, or slowing our pace down allows us to understand our context a lot better. Yeah. Like for me. Um, I've lived in my new city, which is Everett, Washington, for about six months, uh, maybe just shy of that. And by slowing things down and intentionally trying to spend time with a specific demographic, a specific neighborhood and people group, um, I, have, I have created friendships. Like, I know these people. And, and I'm still creating friendships. I'm still getting to know people. But by slowing my life down, I am able to understand my context more. I'm able to understand like maybe the history about where I'm living, uh, the specific people that I'm interacting with. Uh, I'm able to go to the same coffee shops frequently. Yep. I'm able to visit the same grocery stores, or I'm able to walk in the same parts of town and, and you know do things out of habit and rhythm because I've slowed my pace down, right? Now, that's not to say that sometimes isn't busier than others or they're... Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, you have more things going on in this particular week. 
that that happens. That's life. But to routinely slow your pace down allows you to understand the context to which Jesus has brought you. Yeah. And only by understanding your context can you actually make disciples. I mean, you can't understand your context quickly. Like, there's only certain no. things that you have to have done within your context or experienced within your context um, in order to say, hey, I know this context, right? And yeah. you know the nuances of that particular— And it usually—I mean, ultimately, it usually means you've spent time there. That's it. That's it. And you can't accelerate that, right? Like, you can go out every night but still not have met everyone or every type of person in that context. Like, that's not— like different, and then like a calendar year. Yeah. Like, have you been to your? Have you experienced Christmas time in your context? Yeah. Have you experienced the summertime in your context? Mm. Have you experienced, you know, whatever? Fill in the blank. Like just different rhythms in yeah. your context, and so like you, you really can't rush that. And when you live a slow down life, you and you live kind of like a life with um you know, longevity in mind. Really, yeah. that's what we're sensing is like that the Spirit's just saying slow down so you can be and and, and have a, a, a longevity in, yeah. in your work, in your ministry, and in disciple-making, right? So I think that that's the general invitation. Slow down. Start to ask yourself the question, why am I rushing? Uh, what's keeping me from slowing down to be with Jesus, right? Am I living a sustainably... Uh, a sustainable life um, with a long-term view of uh, yeah. the world and ministry, you know? And, and those are some questions that we can begin to ask, you know? One of the things I think that that's helpful, too, to ask yourself when you think about slowing down is like, hey, am I in the place that I'm in because I don't know how to say no, right? And I think in the church and in other places, like, People are quick to say yes because there's so many gaps that need to be filled. But like, am I a person that just doesn't have a backbone and just says yes to everything because I can't say no? Yeah. So I think we need a lot more no people, right? Oh, I'll say no. You know what I mean? Like, I think we need a lot more no people. <laughs> yeah. And and the pendulum might swing if you've been a really like a yes person to like saying no to everything. But we need some like measured people that. No, like what teachers what Jesus no, teaches. No, your your balance, like your boundaries. Yeah, right. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, because the reality is when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something yeah. else, and so we're crowding our schedule and then inching out the margin that yeah. the spirit is inviting us to have. Because if we are always moving from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, we're missing mm. it. We're missing it, right? And so. It reminds me of a story. My, I had a professor when I was at Nyack who used to do these like crazy hikes all over the U.S. And there was like this uh, hike, uh, uh, I don't know, club. And they would, you know, have like 12 hikes that they would they do. They just walk around some and people they, take a hike. It, right. <laughs> they would do these hikes. Um, but he was young, right? And he he said he would keep a logbook of the times that he went and did on each one of these mountains and each one of these hikes. Eventually he shared this information with someone who was a part of this club too. And they looked at him and they said, dude, this is amazing. You've been to all these mountains, you've done it, but you're missing it. I can tell by your times that you did not get to the top of that mountain, get to the top of that hike and enjoy the view. 
I can mm. tell that you didn't ta- stop to to enjoy the smell from the flowers. I I can tell that you did not take the time to explore. Yeah. That you just rushed up to the mountain and just ran back down. You know? And so when we do that in our own lives, like we miss the beauty that Jesus gives us and we inch out all of the margin that he's inviting us to have. And so asking us ourselves the question, man, am I saying yes too quickly? Uh and and then saying and then rushing for no reason at all and missing all the beauty. That's something to consider too. Yeah. As we begin to wrap up this episode, thanks again for joining us and listening to us. I would I would just say as we're sensing this maybe reordering of priorities from from a, a fast life to a slow life doesn't mean unproductive, doesn't mean un, like it's not efficient and we're lazy. What it does mean is that we're carving our time around the Lord, that we're allowing him to dictate where we're called. We've discerned who we're called to, where we're called, and we're orienting our life around that people. We're slowing our life down to not overbook ourselves. We're allowing ourselves to rest, to Sabbath with the Lord. So as we, as we head into this season, this year, where do you need to slow down? Mm-hmm. How can you further slow your pace of life down? Not to neglect responsibilities, but to be recentered more and more on Jesus and the mission that he has for you. You know, last thoughts here. Some things you just can't rush. Yeah. Right? And it just You can't rush relationships. It, exactly. You can't rush getting to know people, exactly. to be trusted, to yeah. be respected. Exactly. Yeah. You can't tr- you can't rush disciple making because that takes time. Like you talked about earlier, you can't rush understanding your context because you just need to be around different things and different people. Yeah. Right. You 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 can't rush the prop the, the process of discerning who you're called to. That that sometimes takes time. Same thing with learning who you are, right? The older I become, the more I want to know how God's made me, right? And that takes time. That takes time. You can't rush, um, you know, uh, sometimes the Lord moves you from one season to another, and then there's this confusing in-between. You don't know how long that confusing in-between, that's a Pete Scazzaro phrase, right? Like, you can't rush that. When you move from one season to the next, that in between, you need to learn what you need to learn. And so here's that invitation, right? Slow down to be with God, right? Create margin in your life so that you don't miss the beautiful things that God has uh, given us, right? And remember, man, that we don't want to burn fast, right? We want to be low, slow and long for Jesus, right? Slow as a new fast. We'd rather go um, in the right direction slowly than quickly in the wrong. That's the invitation for this week. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. 
We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening. 